Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to the newest episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Sano, joined, as always, by the silent Bob, to my J. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing? Oh, he's, he's really playing the part. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta give it, you gotta give <laughs> I have one, insert one wise thing. Yeah, I was gonna say, we gotta do your one line, so what's your one line gonna be? Because well, I, I, I was just gonna do like a nod, but podcasting is a visual medium, so that works. Uh, and our... And our very own Ben Affleck. Because I, I, I'm, I'm just going to say he's Ben Affleck, not even... Ben Affleck, it's Eric Ronnebeck. Eric, how are you doing? Excuse me, I are you the podcaster that. from the Fashionable Mail? I would just like to say that I'm going to do this podcast, this podcast in a very a uncomfortable place. Like the backseat of the Volkswagen? <laughs> Correct. God All right. Well, speaking of uncomfortable places, the Seahawks are 3-6. and six. Their current playoff odds, according to football outsiders, are not great. Do you guys want to? Uh, <laughs> you guys want to? You guys want to start there? Let's start there. Let's do it. Sure. Uh, okay. Seattle's three and six. They lost. So last week's loss, I thought it wouldn't have that big of an impact on our playoff odds, but but Carolina won, San Francisco won, Minnesota won. So like every team we needed to lose won, and it had a big impact. We we dropped twenty five point six percent playoff odds. We are down to now a grand total of eighteen point seven percent, which is lower than we were after the uh, last you know. Correct. Game. It was ba- it was basically like the, <laughs> a, a nightmare week for us in terms of everyone else winning and then us losing. Uh, we are our expected wins now is at eight eight and nine, which I think is a pretty reasonable uh, yeah. expectation considering where we are at and a schedule remaining. So. Uh, first of all, do you feel better, worse, or or same? So you know they're saying basically we have a one in five chance of making the playoffs. Do you think our that is? Do you think that's correct? Do you like better, worse, same? Like should should that is that right? Is it not bad enough, or is it should it be a little better? Even Eric, I'll start with you. What do you think? <laughs> I think it's worse than last week. Uh, I'm very well, definitely. mad, very mad at both of you. I mean, you you pulled a Mariners and you brought me back into the the world of thinking the Seahawks were going to make the playoffs after I was adamant for weeks that they would not. And so this weekend it was, it was extra tough because I'm so mad at you guys. <clears throat> this is a uh, getting to eight wins. Sure. I mean, if that's, if, the, if that's an, if that's a round number that we want to shoot for, that's likely, but I don't see how there's any way this team makes the playoffs at all. So let's say we make it in at nine and eight. Even if we make it in, we're gonna face like Dallas, Tampa Bay, or Arizona, uh, all on the road. Now all those teams have lost against teams that are certainly worse than the Seahawks this year. This, like I don't, I don't think this is like so weird. It could happen, but the Seahawks would have to take like this major turn, like a you know a quarter turn that would just turn everything well, on well, on their offense. Okay, we'll, we'll get into this in a second. But Kevin, what do you think? Twenty twenty percent. Uh, do you feel like yeah, that's, about, that's right? about right? Yeah, about I, a one in five shot because I think that's the odds that uh, Russ is able to get his hand back on track and the offense is able to turn into something functional in that amount of time. The the I think the thing that's tough for me, and I think twenty, I will agree, twenty percent is about right. The thing that's tough for me is not that we're we're three and six, is that the team is losing very winnable games. Uh, and I I think like the thing is we we said last week. You know, we can lose two of the four 
tough games left on our schedule and be okay. And so losing one of them shouldn't feel like such a, a kick in the groin, right? But, but it's, it's just how the, we lost. But it's just the way that we lose these games, the way that the six games we've lost, the way yes. we've lost all of them has been absolutely brutal as the Seahawks have really snatched uh, defeat from the jaws of victory or or taken, you know, OK, let's let's look at like just an individual play T- down to Seahawks are down 10. There's eight minutes left in the game. Russell Wilson drops back to pass and he th- he has all kinds of options underneath to dump it off. But what does he do? rifles it into the end zone for an interception and it i i just don't i don't know what is going on with this team anymore but it just want to go into offense because that's a big thing i have to talk about for that okay so like that that play i felt like was so emblematic of just there's a huge disconnect right now in this franchise between all of the pieces it just feels like um you know it, it feels like we're on a boat and everyone is rowing in a different direction. And there's yes. a guy, guy at the front just yelling, like trying to get everyone in sync. But man, we cannot get all the oars moving in the same direction because this defense keeps improving in DVOA. We've gone from 31st to 28th to 26th to now 21st in DVOA on defense. The defense is starting to look like it might actually be okay. And giving up 17 points to Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, duh, um, and, and the – AJ Dillon, who was really good in this game, uh, this this was a this Devontae was a, Adams didn't carve us up. Yeah, this was a this was a defense that looked like they played good enough to win, but the offense. Um, all right, let's just get into it. Russ, let's start with this question, and I'm starting with Eric on this one. Should Russ have come back this week, Eric? I don't think so. I mean, I was. <clears throat> we kind of figured he would. Did you guys see the insane stat that he said he rehabbed? His finger for 19 hours a day. Just hand exercises. Sleep deprived. No wonder he sucked. Hand exercises. You know what? The thing is, he should have called those plays from when he was like on the field, you know, doing his uh, fake two minute drill when he was hurt. (laughs) That's that's when he was prepared for this game. Those were the good he was doing. Those were the good plays. I don't know why he called the plays he called this time. So, Russell Wilson. You know, he had a touchdown drive. Very, very weird Russell Wilson stat here. Uh, Of course, no touchdowns. Um, first time being shut out in his career, but 20 for 40. That is my favorite, least favorite stat of the game from Russell Wilson. What an unbelievable line. Um, do I think he should have come back? It's easy to say, well, he, he can come back, right? Why don't you play him? We play Gino here and we lose. We look idi- like idiotic for not playing Russ. But looking back in hindsight, yeah, he probably should have had so- more time. The twenty for forty doesn't does that bother you more as much or more than the one hundred and sixty one passing yards on forty pass attempts? Yeah, I mean it's all bad. The twenty it's, for forty though is is more troubling for me because that is just. I mean, one thing Russell Wilson is it's accurate, especially on downfield throws, and of all the bad decisions, throwing it for throwing it forty times, we finally get a throwing offense, and he goes twenty for forty. It's like, uh. So my stat that uh, basically combines yours, he had a three and a half, uh, a three and a half second uh, t- uh, average time to throw. That is, that is horrendous. Um, you mix that up with a 12.3 yard a dot averaged up the target and four yards per attempt. He was holding the ball forever, trying to huck it the entire way down the football field on every play. And the only ones he was able to complete were dump off passes. Uh, Tyler Lockett had two catches on eight targets with a 24 and a half yard average depth of target. 
Uh, DK had a 14.3 average depth of target, three catches on eight uh, passes, and Freddie Swain had a 21-yard average depth of target. That's stupid. And so who is he throwing? Who is he actually completing to? Uh, four yeah. guys who yeah, averaged the thing for, the thing like for three yards me is that like uh, Everett had right two point eight yards had average of target. Where Disley was behind the line of I mean, scrimmage. Homer was three point five yards and under pressure the line of scrimmage. So uh, all see, he could sorry, complete I'm, were dump I, um, offs, and I'm all he was trying to do was huck it deep. Yeah. So the this this thing about it for me was that the the pressure the uh sorry i'm like i'm like on i accidentally went to the wrong the wrong page but they only blitzed three times they never blitzed they basically said like oh yeah we'll just give russ time to throw like kevin said he was taking a long time to throw but he had time they were like hey let's just get pressure with four dudes and and what if we what did we say for years throughout the entire legion of boom era that's all you need a big a big reason this a big reason this team is so good is because they have the gold standard. They can consistently create pressure just rushing four dudes, right? They can consistently create pressure just rushing four guys. And now we got Russ dropping back, and he's getting pressured with four guys. On the place he was pressured, four for 16, 33 yards, 2.1 yards per attempt. But here's the thing. Pete Carroll, he is not an idiot. He's no dummy, right? They are daring us to run the ball. In a game that we are losing 10 to nothing, they are just daring us to 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 feed Alex to feed Alex Collins the rock, and we gave him ten rushes for forty one yards. Just this is the game where you want to run, and instead they gave Gerald Everett eight targets. Like I just cannot, I cannot like square that circle. You know that is it's just so difficult for me. This Russ feels is, like such a rookie play caller moment where he needed a head coach who could kind of help him put his head on straight and it's like he got stuck inside of his uh like inside of what he thought green bay was going to try and do instead of actually watching the game yeah green bay mm-hmm. only blitz big problem for shane three times like this is a really bad shane waldron game like the worst of the season and one that uh is very worrying if we're if we're thinking about like what the future may hold for shane waldron and the seahawks like this was I this, hang a lot of it on rust though too this game was worrying because it was not good and yeah russ couldn't throw any any passes longer than than 10 yards uh but he only tried to throw passes longer than 10 yards on passes of over 20 yards he went 0 for 7 with a pick (sighs) on passes of over 10 yards he went uh two for eight with a pick i mean he was just universally terrible in anything except for 10 yards or less and they were getting pressure on us and let's be honest center is the obvious problem but center was not the problem in this game nope the the problem in this game was Dwayne Brown was getting killed Gabe Jackson and Damian Lewis were getting just pancaked in the middle of the field yeah uh center was actually completely fine I thought I thought Ethan Postage on the rewatch because I really watched the line because I knew they were getting pressure with four guys over and over I thought Postage played a pretty good game it was everyone else who was messing up. And it's like, can we not get anything <laughs> anything right here? Like, And Dwayne Brown has been a rock for the Seattle Seahawks, right? But in 31 snaps in this game, he gave up four pressures. That is just not what we expect from Dwayne Brown. And I'm starting to think there's a reason that maybe we didn't go out and give him that banner contract that he wanted. Because as the season has worn on, he has really started to give up 
more he and more pressures. Uh, his first two games of the season, he was he did not give up a pressure, but he has given up at least two pressures in each of the other six games, seven oh, games. Such sorry, a, just sad way to end that and he has, career. He has given up seven sacks this year, which is already um, a cre- the most he has given up since the year two thousand and eight, his rookie season, where he gave up eleven. So yeah, it's it's um it's going south quickly for Dwayne and it sucks. I mean, he him being a rock is a is something that this team needs to be successful, right? And it's it's very tough when uh when he's just not he just doesn't have it. Maybe he's he's all maybe he's hurt. Maybe he's playing hurt, you know. It, it's hard to know cuz he gets resting veteran every week and then he he skips a lot of practices, so it's hard to know how how injured he actually is, right? Uh, but, I think that was Matt Schaub's first year starting. Yeah, it's been a lot it's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> um, okay, so um, yeah, the offense sucked, and they should have. I I do not say this lightly. They should have run more. <laughs> I do not say this lightly. But it's just cl- daring you to it say it was. It. it was in the first. It was at the end of the third quarter. The score of this game was three to zero. They could have won the game if they just would have run more. Uh, ridiculous that that's the world we live in. But the obviously Russ was not accurate. Obviously he was not ready. The pin was uh pin was not ready to win. They couldn't do snaps under they they couldn't take snaps from under center because his hand couldn't handle it. So everything had to be back into the pistol and the shotgun, which once again limits the offense. It's a bad sign. It's a bad sign when you and then maybe that's why they threw so much. Maybe they don't like running out of shotgun a whole bunch. Uh so part of it Who is knows? that the run game is a lot more predictable out of shotgun. Yeah. Because of the way way you have to block to make it successful, mm-hmm. we've talked yeah, about so, this for years. All right, let's. Uh, and yeah, maybe you do. Maybe they just needed to to use Russ's legs. You know, do more read read action. Like they, there's options that they have that they, I just think they didn't even look to. It was, I was a very probably. Well, it's, for me, it's the most frustrating Seahawks game I've watched in years. I I don't know. I I've never felt like I said. It's Why not just get the, shellacked by the Rams. It's not just that we're lose, losing. It's the way that we're losing. The way that That's we the last time I remember being that upset. The way that we feel in in these games, where every single one of these games has been winnable. There's not been one game this season. Titans game, Vikings game, Rams game. Man, Geno had a chance, right? Steelers game, Saints game, this game. Every game, it felt like we had a shot to to be in it. But man, we just it's it's something strange that hasn't happened since the Jim Moore season and it's games that I just have trouble watching. Like I have made it through every single game this season, but the last two, and this is going back to Gino's win uh, against the Jags. I just, it, I was like, it was like an out of body experience. I was watching, I was paying attention, but I didn't want to be there. I felt like I was inhabiting something else. None of it was enjoyable to me. Um, This game, I, I just felt like early on, I was like, Oh, are we going to win this game six, three, or are we just going to lose this thing? Like by, by not much. And it was the latter. I mean, I, I said, it, I was like, man, if it, if this keeps going this way, I just got to turn this off and play video games. Cause I can't take it. Like I can, I cannot do this. It's too hard. Like I, I just, their offense is so bad to watch. And Russ could just, could just could not make the throws that he wanted to make. And then you got guys like Gino tweeting out, like I want to vent, but I know it's not safe. And it's like, Oh boy. 
this is this is not good. This well, is, it's a this big team problem when you have someone shape. like Pete's big uh, well, thing you know, wasn't in bad shape though. Can handle personalities, handle defense. The, the defense played so all right in this game. That. Twenty-one run stops, allowing a team that ran the ball thirty-two times, only a hundred and six yards, three point three yards per carry, and a long rush of eleven yards. Not giving up the big run play, and. You know, they gave up they gave up a couple of bad uh, pass plays, the the long screen pass to AJ Dillon, uh the the long pass to Marquez Valdez Scantling. Uh those are toxic different plays you want to clean up. It was a tougher day for uh for DJ Reed comparatively to uh some of the other guys, but I thought one, Trey Brown is a revolution. He's so good. Um really just an excellent player, a guy that I think will be a, a stalwart of the Seahawks defense for years to come if he can stay healthy. A uh, guy who really just just brings in every play. Uh, Bobby and Jordan Brooks look just just back. They're so good in the middle of the field. Uh, as Pete said, they need to get better on. We need to get better on screens. Uh, maybe we need KJ to come back and coach or something because, boy, he is a uh, <laughs> he's not getting the burn in, over in uh, Raiders. And Jamal got his first interception. You know, and got that got that elusive pick that he's been waiting for. He took so. all the Seahawks receivers out with that with that one catch. That w- at what price, Jamal? <laughs> at what price? So the I thought price of Josh's picks championship. I I thought it was a, overall like a pretty solid performance across the board uh, for the Seahawks defense. It's just a, it's a good looking defense. Uh, I think that this defense is slightly above average. It's definitely good enough to win if the offense can turn it around at all. Um, nobody really had a day that I thought stood out as like an exceptionally tough day or anything. Uh, I guess Amadi. Amadi got targeted seven times, gave up seven receptions for 65 yards and a lot of yards after catch 45. But other than Amadi, who had kind of a tougher day, I thought everyone else looked really good. So, Kevin, what'd you, what'd you see on defense? Uh, on defense, uh, I saw three really good quarters and in the fourth quarter they retired. They'd been left on the field way too much. Yeah. And so... <laughs> I can't really blame you. Can't really blame him for right. Like you, in no. the first three quarters, you you've been on the field for like almost thirty minutes. It's like okay, yeah, we're we're getting killed out here. Yeah, so. uh, a couple of people I saw really step up. Um, one person I noticed was I know Jordan Brooks was not great in coverage. Uh, he was average when asked to do a pretty difficult role, but I he was flying all over the field and making a lot of plays. Um, like his presence was noticeable. Yeah, so four, Jordan Brooks four well. runs, four run stops, nine tackles, like like a good performance by Jordan, even though, yes, he did give up the 50 yard uh, screen pass to uh, to A.J. Dillon. That was that was his assigned coverage assignment. Yeah. For sure. And again, I, I feel like that was basically I know the game wasn't over, but the offense had left him hung out to dry. The other yeah. one was Rasheem Green. I thought Rasheem Green had himself a really nice day. Yeah, two two pressures, got a sack. Um, Sheen Green looks like a really good rotation player. Uh, kind of the new Quentin Jefferson, right? Yep, rounded into uh, four. Kind of wish that we yeah. we kind of we kind of wish that it would have been a little more than that, right? Overall, like that that would have been nice. And it still but... could be because he's still like there are players that will be they were drafted this year that are older than him. Yeah, he's twenty four years old. It's possible, but it does seem like this is kind of who he is at this point. Like a like a Quentin Jefferson, he could play some some inside, some outside. Looks real. Real versatile, eats some eats some snaps, gets gets a few pressures here and there. Not not a bad football player. I I, I agree. I'm, I'm I'm glad. I he I like him better than L J Collier. That's for sure. So, so, so. <laughs> uh, L J played in this game. He was active. Got 21 snaps. Was not well, noticeably was not LJ, noticeably LJ bad took or good. Snaps in this game. I don't know if L J played in this game. Uh, it was not noticeably bad or good, which is nice. He got the one run stop. Okay. Um, 
let's let's talk a little bit about this defense overall though is is this defense uh moving in the right direction like is this is this a mirage or is this really a defense now that we can count on on a week-to-week basis because over the last uh few weeks this seahawks defense has allowed uh 17 7 13 20 and 17 points uh 21 17 like they've they've allowed 21 or less points in six consecutive weeks and really only had like one bad defensive oh wait no i'm reading this wrong 26 23 okay so they they've allowed 26 or less points so is this defense a defense we can count on and if the offense can improve can the can the defense is the defense able to do its part i mean our points allowed 186 is the least in the nfc west yeah is this a good is this a good defense is, is, the, is the offense the only problem or is it is it a you know a little column a a little column b what do you think eric i think the the defense is not something that should be blamed right now. At the beginning of the year, we had some big problems. And although we're still having issues with the screen passes and the little dump passes, uh, I think if you had the defense the last three games earlier in the season, you could maybe switch our our uh, our record to six and three. Boy, There's it would have been nice re- to have, nice to have Trey Brown against the Vikings, right? Yeah, seriously. Look back at that. I mean, Russell's going in in this history of the world in this universe. Russell Wilson gets injured no matter what. So look at the games that we could have won without Russell Wilson. Uh, that three-point loss to the Steelers. That is a game that if we'd have had a little better defense, we could have gone somewhere with it. Uh, now, granted, our offense has not shown very well with Geno Smith, but if our offense can find a way to do what we thought it was going to do in the preseason or after the first game, or even the Titans game, uh, this is this is reason to be excited. I'm not looking for a generational defense like we had at the beginning of the Pete Carroll's coaching era with the Seahawks. I'm looking at a, the true bend, but don't break defense. And that's what we have right now. It's something to be excited about. And as far as drafting goes, you do have some young secondary players to build around as well as some good young pass rushers. That's something to be excited about. So one thing I think that a lot of people want, should understand is that for me personally, uh, and I'm going to ask you guys to follow up on this, but I do not think that this is a team that right now looks like they can win the Super Bowl. And my goal, I want the team to make the playoffs very badly because the main thing is this team does not have a first round pick. So because of that, if we suck, it does not help anyone except the Jets, right? This is a, this is a team that has no reason to do anything except try their best to win. They need to win. And so for me personally, like I want to see this team go out and try to win as many games as they can, you know, go, go 10 and seven, go nine and eight, because if we make the playoffs, our draft pick is worse. And then I don't have to feel as bad about the Jamal Adams trade. Well, <laughs> Which and I- honestly, the NFL is such a crapshoot this season where I wouldn't be surprised to see, um, to see wildcard teams knocking off, uh, higher seeds early in this particular round of playoffs. I would be surprised if it was us because of the way that we've played this season. Not, not anything else, but we just are not the, the team that we don't, we don't, we're not the, we don't seem like the win stealers right now. Does that make sense? I would sense? say a big part of it though, is because we've only played as half a team. Like we had, we had an offense with no defense and then a defense with no offense. If the offense that showed up and the defense that has shown up, well, even show up on the same day, 
that's a team that no one wants to play. But I'm not here. I'm not going to sit over here banking on that happening. We can't, we can't even get the offense to show up for two halves. I feels like you know what I mean. Oh, like yeah, this season, no I I feel like this season this this offense has only ever shown up for a half at a time. And I think that is some Waldron growing pains. Yeah, it's been it's been tough. I don't know what to think about Waldron. I mean, yeah, it's I hard either. to tell with Russ being out, but it's even, a rookie play caller. Even with even with Gino in, just things you're like, what are you doing? Um, even even this weekend, it was just he might be a rookie play caller, but I don't know. I mean, this did, kid, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I just That's the I, wrong podcast name. It's I'll say this if if Waldron's, you know, just needs some room to grow, then it was a bad hire. This is this is Russell Wilson in his prime or, you know, possibly the tail end of his prime. And we don't have time to waste time on a bad hire like that. And that's like you said, Kevin, we, we haven't had a complete team uh, of, you know, the, the, the pieces that we want. I'm worried that we're going to put it together five games before the end of the season. It's not going right. to matter. And we're going to, we're going to, it's going to start in like the Texans. We're going to lose to the Cardinals and then lose inexplicably to either Washington or the 49ers rip off five wins in the last five games, including winning at Rams and be like eight and nine. And, and then like, Pete says something like, yeah, you know, we just, we just ran out of season. We were out of running, running room. Cause uh, this is going to be a real special team in the playoffs, which is just going to piss me off. I'm telling I you right now. I hate how accurate that sounds. I will, I will lose it that you guys will have the podcast without me and I'll just be. So speaking of, speaking house. of losing it, uh, did you guys watch the Pete Carroll, uh, press conference at all? Oh, a little Ooh, bit. He was, uh, he was a little salty with those refs. Yeah, I was gonna say. First of all, he was not happy with the refs. Uh, okay, let's talk about the refs. The refing in this game was pretty bad, and I don't, I do think it affected the game. So yes. let's just get that out of the way. Um, the what, what was the worst offender? I think the worst offender for me was the Damian Lewis hold that knocked us oh, out of field goal range. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that uh, that play was kind of swinging us. We were gonna go into half tied, right? And it just felt like. Okay, we go into halftime tied 3-3. We kind of moved the ball on this last drive a little bit. We're building a little bit of momentum. And instead, this holding call, and then Russ throws Russ threw a pick right there, right? And then that was just... yeah, that was the whole thing was it was the Lewis quote unquote hold uh that was resulting in the uh Kevin King quote unquote interception. So like uh, the fact that that was all the same time. Uh yeah. So anyway, it just no, I no Russ threw it in, in no, that pass was incomplete. That the pass he threw at the end of the half. I don't know. It just oh, felt that's right, like that's right. it just felt like it was just tough. And then you know, then there's a couple 50-50 calls that all went their way. Uh, the the Kevin King interception, the Aaron Rodgers fumble. Okay, I want uh, the Aaron Rodgers fumble in a normal game would have been the worst call. The Lewis call was just I- incredulous, but the Rodgers fumble. So Daryl Taylor is on the ball, has the ball, pulls the ball to his chest, and Aaron Rodgers reaches a hand in and has a hand on it. And they're like, actually "Eh, the quarterback had a hand on it. He reaches two hands in and that's why they gave it to him. So the fit, I watched the, like the, like the official breakdown, you know, and it's like, because he had two hands on the ball and Taylor had one. That's why they, I don't, Oh. I don't. Yeah, it does not so, matter. One, and then, one, and then, and then, of course, every green, equals two every, pectorals. Equals every Green Bay fan, every Green Bay fan's like, "Well, this is the same reason why the fail Mary counted." <laughs> and it's like, are you trying to troll yourself? Like, I don't understand. Like, so, so we what are, you're saying we are, is that the fail Mary was a legitimate play? Okay, thanks. yeah, exactly. Thanks. thanks hey, man, I, that's that's where Tony Romo went. So I, I can never talk about that. this again. 
So I, I didn't like the ball spots in this game. I thought the spots were kind of weird. Yeah. What about the what about the one where they spotted us the first down and then they waited like two minutes because uh, one of the Green Bay no Green Bay players got hurt and then they came back and they said actually it's fourth and one. Oh, and then you turn around and you have the play later on where uh, they uh, where uh, they ran and got tackled at the line and they didn't bother to pull the chains. There you go. So again, you have just like a really inconsistent. Yeah. It was it was well, bad, really bad. And but I, the Pete I don't quote what was interesting to me was Pete basically goes, yeah, the refs will tell you that uh, New York already looked at it. So there's no reason to bother challenging it. So what that actually means, if what he's saying is accurate, is it's the exact same thing that used to happen, which is when a call is made on the field, you don't bother challenging it because a ref won't overturn their own review. So that would mean that all of this theater of review is nothing changed which is what we all kind of thought it was anyway yeah the refs the refs decide uh it's in it, in in a different place instead though it's interesting uh, in the nfl this year though how you have other sports that are trying to change their rules and kind of allow more scoring like you know hockey is really cracking down the cross check in and baseball they're trying to open things up to bring more offense to the game the nfl is like hey we're the number one sport and we're going to make officiating the star of this game. <laughs> and we're going to take away uh, this thing where you can have fun now. We're going to yeah, make Eric, it who's your favorite ref? Which oh, jersey man. are you buying? <laughs> I got You know, my favorite ref retired, man. Hockey Lee Hockey, Jr. Hockey Lee, yeah, I was going to say, Hockey Lee Jr. just doesn't cut it for me like no. Hockey Lee used to. Yeah, it's, it's, he doesn't have his, his biceps are not even close to as big as his. No, dad's. but I, I want to get in early. I want to tell in the league anymore. I want to tell everyone that I had the jersey first, so that's why I'm getting the hockey league junior. Can you can you can you believe the three? Okay, a couple more things. Three point five yards, three point five yards per play. Um, that's pretty bad. <laughs> I I don't I don't know. This is like really hard. I don't know what the team, the team like we said, the team has all the pieces. They have all the puzzles. The DVOA is still good. Like surprisingly, uh, the DVOA for the Seahawks is 13th at positive 6.2. They grade out as a B minus on the, I, uh, on I the football hate that outsider stat. scale. I hate that stat and, so much. And it's like, it's like, this is not, but I think it does. It, it does. Don't you feel like that encompasses though? Don't you feel like this is a B minus football team that like just finds ways to lose? Like, I just, would like to think we're a B minus team, but I think parts of this team are B minus, parts of this team are D. Like what part is a D to you? Uh, the offense right now is a D to me. Well, yeah, this thing is like this is encompassing the whole season though, and I feel like on the whole season, like it's a does that make sense? Like on the whole, yeah, it's like on pretty, the whole, my, I would okay. not give the offense a B minus. No way. Uh, we've we've underperformed. We have not been consistent, and I know some of that can be blamed on Russell Wilson being hurt, but I'm just that's my grade. Consistent. So okay, all right. I'm. I think that's fine. I I I think the offense is better than you're getting credit for. Like the. It's a it's a good it's a good decent. Uh, it's just been bad lately. Like, and we had Geno Smith and Pin to win. <laughs> I do a, not. A I do not want to see this offense next year. So I'm going to pass it so it doesn't stick around in my summer school. How's that? <laughs> That's why it's getting a D. Oh man, the yeah. What, what, okay, so how does the how does the offense get better for you, Eric? Like, what do, what 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 are the pieces that you feel like need to improve? Okay, so one, we need a healthy Russell Wilson who is back to his old self. Can that happen? I'd like to think it can. And maybe if you know we win this week and he gets better and gets a little more healing and some uh, you know bubbles and nano body, bubbles, nano bubbles. Thank you. Uh, maybe if he eats the ball, everything's going to be fine. 
rehab <laughs> for 18 hours so that he can sleep for seven, get a little more rest for the game. Uh, I mean, there, there's 25 hours in Russell Wilson's day. Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, he's in it. Haven't you it. figured that out yet? Separation uh, is the does preparation. He, does, he, does he just does he just fly in a plane all the time? So he's changing time zones, gains an extra hour from that. That's that's exactly it. <laughs> it's all I, in he his has his own daily savings time. He's borrowing from next week. <laughs> he's he's probably he's probably worked something out with the pilot so he can fly faster oh between boy. L.A. and Seattle. Uh, Russell Wilson needs to get better and healthy. Uh, whatever better means, I don't mean anything personal. It's just you know he is injured. Uh, number two, I would like some consistency from our receivers, and I think I'm looking at DK Metcalf. A DK Metcalf is supremely talented. He is very immature, and I think sometimes that holds him back. We have Freddie Swain as our possible number three. We have Tyler Lockett, who, when he is being asked to carry things right now, he can't do it all of this weekend, and I, I don't think he should be asked to do that. I would like to see DK Metcalf step into that true number one stud role, and that's going to take some working with Russell Wilson. It's also going to take some growing up from DK. Uh, is, what else do I want? Oh, sorry. Is, the, is the is it the drops too with DK? That, like, it's the I, drops. It's the it's the bad decisions. It's letting the other guy into his head every single game, and he kind of he can shrug guys off because he's bigger than the than the DBs sometimes. But you can still tell that they're getting to him because he takes the time to get kicked out of a game when he's losing. It's it's such a boneheaded thing. How much um, did you? How much did you love how he tried to come back in after he got ejected? <laughs> yeah, that was the best. You know what? If we weren't, if I, w- I like it now better than I did at the time. At the time, I was like, yeah, yeah, it's great. It's really funny. I like, I like this losing crap. DK. It's, it's hard for me to be hard on DK when he's on pace for like twelve hundred yards and sixteen touchdowns. Like, I get it. I'm just. It, it's, you're it's asking bigger, me. I think how, a bigger problem is disappearing, reappearing, Lockett, and the fact that we don't have a real third option. I agree. Yeah, what is going on with Lockett? Like he, he just it, the same thing games... that always goes on with Lockett, man. He, he's when he is uh, able to shine, he can take a game over, but then he disappears for a few games, yeah. which is fine for your number two option. If you have a really good number three option, we don't. We his... have Eskridge, who we haven't figured out how to use and has been injured. We have Swain, who's best as a fourth wide receiver right now, based on his usage pattern. And we have Gerald Everett, and that wasn't really a thing. He was being force-fed the ball, and it was to medium results. And we always talk about we don't know how to use Jamal Adams. I don't know if we know how to use Gerald Everett. It's ridiculous. This is a guy that is in our offense that could be our number three. We have talented tight ends. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, and and I think too about Tyler Lockett. You're right. He has 310 of his or 20 of his yards came in two games uh, against Jacksonville and Tennessee. Uh, he has 43 receptions for 602 yards. But if you take those two games out, I mean, his other games have all been you know 31 yards, 24 yards, 57, 35, 12, 23. Like we are paying a guy a lot of money, and he he is has one of the richest wide receiver contracts in the whole league. To, and he's Jeremy uh, Macklin to be trying to get like four catches. You know, it's, well, it's, it's hard to blame him with with Gino. I don't I don't really know how we grade the offense with Gino because there is such a thing as Gino. Well, I'm I, I know I'm saying it's <laughs> but it was a Jags game, Kevin. It was the and it's not a real NFL game. He had such it. a good he had such a good game against the Jags too. Like that was one of his great games. Yep. Oh boy, I don't know. And what, we'll yeah. have like two or three more this season, and it'll get him over a thousand yards. Yes. But he's not a guy relying. <laughs> for those of you who own him in fantasy, he is equally reliable in the NFL. It's he's a really good player, but and like I love having him, 
but we need another guy. So it's because what happens is if they can jam Tyler or he's having a less effective game and we can double or if the deep ball is off, because that's the other thing is Lockett lives and dies by the deep ball in this offense. And Russ, as has been documented, has not thrown the deep ball in the last game. He needs to get the deep ball back if we're going to get Tyler Lockett going. Those deep ball catches are the thing that like makes him uh, a player you have to be worried about. Like those deep, those late developing double move deep passes over the middle of the field. That is what he does that opens up the offense and gives DK more breathing room. There's one more thing on we're, this offense. We're paying, that... we're paying Tyler Lockett like $17 million a year <laughs> for the next Oof. five years. Oh boy. Uh, okay. Anyway, go ahead. Eric. What's the last thing? Uh, just the other thing we're not mentioning and that's, we have no run game. Yeah. It, without, without Carson, the run game just, and I don't know if that grinds Carson, to a halt. I don't know when Chris Carson's going to come back and when he's going to come back healthy and if it's going to matter. Neither, does Pete, like Car- neither does Pete Carroll. I don't <laughs> doesn't seem to know when he's coming back either. There's he's a gotta... huge amount of dead money on this team when you have people like Lockett who are who just are kind of disappearing and Chris Carson, who uh, granted he's an easy cut at the end of the year. It's a guy that we were depending on to balance this offense out. And mm-hmm. Alex Collins has been great for us in the same way that um, any Carlos Hyde was last year. Exactly. Well, or Carlos Hyde or um, who's your boy who is probably uh, who weren't out, weren't out as welcome in uh, Carolina. Jeez. Yeah, uh, Mike Davis. Yeah, he's, sure. Mike Davis. He's Mike Davis. He's perfectly. He's yes. He's perfectly there on the team. Thank you for being there. <laughs> He's he's making an appearance. I don't want to say he's, he's fine because it's not what we need, but it's what we have, and I'm grateful that he's helping us not get blown out as much as we are. I guess. Yeah. So it's yeah. I'm I'm worried. I'm very worried. Uh, in general, but let's let's get let's go let's get on to uh to next week. The next week the Seahawks face a team that Football Outsider says is an A. Eric, twenty four point nine percent DVOA, Ooh. fourth in the league. This is a team that has um, been very good, but lately has stumbled a little bit, losing to the Packers and the Cardinals, or the sorry, the Panthers. They are the Cardinals. I would argue they lost to the Cardinals last week. I think that's pretty accurate. Tyler Murray doesn't play. So, it's one big loss to the Cardinals. So last last week they had uh, they played Colt McCoy, but then he got hurt, and it was Chris Streveler time. Uh, this is this is a the team Stravalera. that that. Is playing very that is has played very good this season, but is very de- very dependent on Kyler Murray. But it's weird because they blew out the 49ers without Kyler Murray. Yeah, but the 49ers uh, defense yes. is trash. The 49ers just beat the Rams. They beat the brakes off the Rams. Yeah, I defense by my comment. Their defense is bad, except for last Sunday, apparently. <laughs> uh, dude, Kyle Shanahan has the Rams number. That's it's just it's a thing. It's the you tiny logo played, on the uh, hat. It's like when it's like when it's like when for some reason Jeff Fisher used to beat us with stupid special team stuff. Like it's just it's a, it was a thing. You guys you know, have played D and D. Anyone can roll a twenty at some point. I think here's okay. So here's the thing with the Cardinals. I don't know what to make of them. Their defense has been different since they've lost JJ Watt, uh, and they still um, they just don't look quite the quite the same. It's, and their offensive coaching scheme sucks. Yeah, their coaching is just medium. They're very dependent on Kyler Murray. He really makes the team go. It he's feels the like straw that stirs the drink. He's very good. I I, I got to give credit where credit's due. For a guy that's five foot five, he is an incredible quarterback. He's he is so, the best quarterback under five foot four in the NFL. 
Yeah. I mean, he's <laughs> the only quarterback who probably couldn't pick up uh, my <laughs> can't, can't pick up more than 100 pounds because he's so small. Okay. The, the, Kyler Murray, I, I don't know. Does he play this week? They have to put the there. banner next to the door, not over so, the top of the door frame because he can't I, jump high enough. I have, some, I have some level of optimism because Kyler Murray – if they don't play him this week, they get the bye and he just gets to sit for like five weeks straight. And so I have some level of optimism that they'll just decide, you know what? We can be eight and three. It's not that big of a deal. We'll roll Chris Streveler or Colt McCoy out there, whoever's healthy, and we'll hope for the best. And then well, just get remember McCoy when we lost to Colt McCoy? <laughs> Colt, Colt McCoy I'm so last unhappy year about Giants this. game. <laughs> oh, no, but. To yeah, answer Kevin's question, Kyler Murray uses a lift to get up to the banner. <laughs> um, do I think he's going to play this week? I don't. Yeah, Colt McCoy is, should be able to play. They say it's just a pec strain, not a serious pectoral injury. But I don't, I don't know. I kind of like the matchup for us if it's Colt McCoy. I just think that this is a winnable game at home against a team that is going to be missing its best offensive weapon, uh, the dual threat of uh, of Kyler Murray. And Colt McCoy is a big drop off. From Kyle, from Kyler Murray, <laughs> yeah, he's think. quite quite a big drop off, and their defense is just not the same without all the the pass rushing talent. Hold on, I let me know. jot that down. Colt McCoy is not as good as Kyler. Okay, so I I I don't know. I it's free gambling tip for me. If Kyler Murray plays, I'm going to pick. I pick Arizona. Arizona is going to win. But if Kyler Murray does not play, I pick the Seahawks. I think this is. It really comes down to, uh, to that to that kind of um coaching this this or decision that kind of decision for me all right what do you what do you guys think am i crazy uh i think i think it comes down to a different quarterback's health and that's whether or not russ can actually play if it is broken shell of a russ like last game then i don't think that we have a hope if russ is able to come out there and be 80 percent of russ i think that we have a chance what do you think eric do you think we lose no matter what or do you think it that the health of kyler murray is a big factor here i i love I love Seattle sports. I love the Seahawks. I love doing this podcast with you guys. I think we lose this game no matter what. And I'm sorry to be that voice Eric's on this podcast. <laughs> I've had a, I've had enough of this. Pete Carroll. I, love, I love Seattle sports. I love uh, today. I consider myself the luckiest fan. The luckiest podcast in the world. And I was going to play the uh, the Breakfast Club song as I walk away. And hey, hey, was, hey, just be like, hey, uh, I'm going to fix you... this in post. Forget, forget about me. Eric. That's right. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I hate being that voice on the podcast because you know we've we've had a lot more ups than downs on this podcast. But man, it is, and I'm going to say it. If Colt McCoy starts, we're definitely losing. He's got Seahawks number, and I don't have faith in us. We're playing at home, guys. Yes, the the one win at home this year we've had. We've got it, guys. We're gonna greatest fans in the NFL. All right, I'm, NFL. I'm going to Colt McCoy's. Uh, a career. I'm going to his pro football reference page right now. We got to see his versus Seattle splits. You think he has Seahawks number? He's two and zero. Might be one and one. He's, oh, he's two and oh, zero oh, in two right. games. But here, here's his stats. You ready? On thirty-three. That's only stat that matters. Thirty-three for fifty-seven <laughs> in two games. Two hundred and eighty-three passing yards. One Ooh, touchdown. That lines up with my score. One touchdown, two interceptions. What's the score going to be like? Ten to seven. His hey, average Eric's about to call nine six. <laughs> his his air yards per attempt against Seattle three point seven four. Those are Mike. Those are Mike White numbers. Oof. White Mike. 
All right, let's get let's get into it. Uh, okay, like I said, uh, okay, I'm gonna do two scores because I really think it matters a lot. Seahawks versus Cardinals. If Kyler Murray plays, Cardinals 27, Seahawks 17. Seahawks versus Cardinals. If Coit, Colt Coit, Coil, Colt McCoy plays, <laughs> I'm gonna go Seahawks 24, uh, Arizona Cardinals 10. I just don't think they can score on us if uh, if Colt McCoy is the, the core. And, and they're going to have like just James Conner. And, and also Hopkins is still hurt. And what's either the third of A.J. Green? Ugh. All right. Uh, Kevin, what's your pick? All right. So uh, with Kyler Murray, 27 to 20, Arizona. Without Kyler Murray, 21 to 14, Seattle. All right, Eric. Eric, I'm hoping both numbers under 17. That's what I'm hoping for from Eric here. With Kyler Murray is not going to happen. Kyler Murray's not playing. They're going to take two weeks to get him healthy because they have a bye week after this. Colt McCoy and the Arizona Cardinals in the stupidest looking helmet in the NFL. And eh, maybe not the stupidest, but close. 16, Seahawks 13. 13 i love it okay so uh there that's it so let's get on to the uh the uh, little uh, money zone uh, f- if you want to support the seahawks nest podcast there are many ways to do so the best way to do so head over to patreon.com slash seahawks nest for as little as a dollar 24 a month get access to the to the picks podcast which should be up tomorrow get access to uh us in the discord um i'm posted in there all the time because i'm always on discord trying to do uh nft garbage so so let me for some reason that patreon always changes how they put things on the website right when i'm trying to do this segment uh so let's just say our first our first and uh first and always uh sponsor blake from washington fish quest until someone gives me money to say something else that is the official sponsor of the seahawks nest and thanks to everyone else who has donated to the show andy brett greta james carrie lucas ryan timothy tom emmanuel astro Bob, Casey, Daniel, David, Flocktimus, Foles, Jay, Kieran, Leon, Michelle, Mike and Mike, Richard, Thomas, Warwolf, Brandon, and Nick. Okay, so our movie club this week, uh, we decided that next week there is a Kevin Smith biopic releasing called <laughs> called Clerk, uh, about the life of a, of, a, of a beloved film director. And I thought, well, what fun it would be. What fun it would be to do a Kevin Smith Liminator. So I have the movies listed out here in alphabetical order um, because that is uh, the way that I thought it would. Um, I thought it'd be good. I'm gonna post it in the uh, ZenCaster chat here for you guys, so you can look at it as we go. I'm gonna read the names of the movies off for everyone. We're only gonna do uh, 14 of his films. We've left uh, the anthology film he participated in out, and all of his short films. So we've got Chasing Amy, Clerks, Clerks Two, Cop Out, Dogma, Holidays. Jay, oh wait, I did put holidays. Yeah, in I was here. gonna say yes, you did leave that in. Oh yeah, that that is the short. That's the one where he had a part in the short film. Okay, uh, short film compilation. Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Jay and Silent Bob strike back. Jersey Girl, Mall Rats, Red State, Tusk, Yoga Hosers, and Zach and Mary make a porno. All right, uh, let's go, Kevin first. Kevin, give us our first elimination here. All right, pretty easy one. I'm eliminating Yoga Hosers because it's just not a good movie. What don't you like about yoga hosers? They're, they're, um, a, well, what, if you watch the movie, then that's what I didn't like about the movie. You don't, you don't like that it's a vehicle for him and Johnny Depp's kids to to be in a comedy horror movie? No, that, I didn't really work for me. Yeah, it's, it's basically like he was like, I'm going to write a movie that... that uh... The best part of this movie was that it was 88 minutes long, and the worst part of this movie was the thing that happened in those 88 minutes. 
not not a huge fan of this one very concise uh all right eric what's next i'm gonna i'm not gonna go with the anthology i'm taking cop out out it's not funny uh you've got bruce willis who is terminally unfunny yeah when he's also got three good movies in his entire career maybe five and then 200 other movies he's done and then tracy morgan great on 30 rock uh, the end could Bruce Willis make less of an effort in the in this port in this late, oh, later portion of his career? He's done. I think after like six cents, he put effort in. What what after Wait, that? Has he he hasn't. He just stopped trying at some point. Yeah, I oh, really I get Looper. Like Looper. Jay Jay and Silent Bob yeah. reboot. See you later. Um, cool. I don't think I think that it's cool that um, Jason Mewes they like you know encouraged him to get clean to make that movie, but uh, then that's about all the good things I can say about that movie. All right, uh, Kevin. All right, there's a few that should be eliminated probably before this, but I'm going to eliminate Tusk just because I this was just not a movie to watch. Good call, Kevin. All right. Tusk Especially is... After human it sanity. was unenjoyable to me. I, it's not the kind... Like, people sewing things into people, it makes me supremely uncomfortable. And, um, well, this was the follow-up to Cop Out, and I think that that about says it all. I mean, It came after Human Centipede, and it was like... So did you just see this movie and decided you wanted to make your own version, Kevin Smith? I felt like it was the most unoriginal thing he'd ever done. It, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it was like a weird turn for Kevin Smith too. That I don't know if he's the right director for making movies that are like this. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. He has a unique voice, and I do not think that this movie uh, did a good. It job also yet. chose to walk the torture porn body horror line in a really unappealing way. That made it was like a bad version of both. Okay, what do you? Holidays is out. Not only is this movie not good, but the worst part is the Kevin Smith part, and which he has. <laughs> it's a holiday horror anthology, and he had Halloween, like gift basket. Yeah, it's a like, it's a, a cheer. Sh- it's the cheer prize. Been, Hello, should have been so easy, but no. Um. Okay, uh, I'm gonna get rid of uh, Red State. Yep. Ah. Uh. I, that uh, need to be done. I do not think this movie is super good, and we are getting to the point where now most of the movies that are left are kind of good, at least. So uh, I would say none of the movies left are complete crap. Yeah, so I think Red State's not horrible, but it's just like um, it someone, misses. It's just like Kevin Smith decided, like, hey, every rant I have ever made about politics into a movie. This is the movie. And it stars John Goodman and still wasn't enjoyable. And if you make John Goodman something I can't enjoy, you messed up. It's just good call. It's yeah, it's just it's not um it's it's not my favorite. Okay. <laughs> anyway, it's a it's a nice solid like two two and a half. If you if you might you might like this movie. I don't know. I just don't like it that much. Go ahead, uh wait, so I just went so that's Kevin again, right? I do believe so. Go ahead. Uh I don't know. I feel like there's some really middling movies in here that we can eliminate Uh, of the middling movies. uh, Jersey Girl is a movie that I couldn't really tell you anything about. Um, As far as I know, it might actually just be a compilation of lost footage from other Kevin Smith movies that he then sewed into a movie. And that wouldn't surprise me. It could. That could be what that movie is about. Is that Eric? Can you confirm or deny that? I will say this about Jersey Girl. A lot of people thought Geely that was getting just destroyed in reviews was Jersey Girl. They had to delay Jersey Girl because Geely came out first and people were getting the movies mixed up. <laughs> I, oh, no. 
I sometimes get this movie and Chasing Amy confused, but then I remember Chasing Amy's good and this movie's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's 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 how I keep them separate. So, all right, so it's Kevin then Eric. I was gonna say you should keep that cursor where it was because we are taking out Jay and Silent Bob. Strike back. All right, this I movie think that's is. A good it's just it's a little kitschy jokes and Eliza Dushku in tight pants. It's I don't care. I felt like it was either that or Clerks too. Uh, here's the thing. How much do you like the how much do you like the view askew universe? Zero <laughs> percent. Your your, your your enjoyment of the view askew universe is directly proportional to how much you like this movie. Like if you are if you are into Kevin Smith, like this is the most Kevin Smith. So like if that's what you want in a movie, then you want this movie. Now, I, I don't. For me, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm not. I'm There's not some hoping. enjoyable scenes, but I feel like if you're not in on all the jokes, then it's not a good movie. But I mean, it has a ton of. There's so many people. In I this was movie in too. on all the jokes, and it like there are things that I enjoyed about that movie, but I can't go to bat for it in any way, shape, or form. I think some of the stuff they did was funny. I think, um, I think uh, Will Ferrell is uh, enjoyably stupid in the in the movie. George Carlin well, playing. What about George Carlin playing a hitchhiker? I love that. Yep, yes. that was that was a great little piece. There were, there were a number of scenes. I feel like uh, it is like a gold member for Austin Powers, where it's like very quotable and there's very memorable scenes. And then you put the whole movie together and you're like, that's nah, all right. I have a feeling my favorite. Uh, I'm fulfilling Kevin's going to eliminate my favorite uh, Kevin Smith movie next, but I'll eliminate Clerks 2. Because I think it's that right. There are some next. there are some very enjoyable bits in this movie. Uh, pillow pants, that whole thing is very funny. Uh, the whole like Lord of the Rings versus uh, Star Wars argument stuff is very dorky and uh, and funny. This movie has a good aspects. I think um, it's really unbelievable to me that uh, that Jet Brian O'Halloran is going to date Rosario Dawson. But I guess if we ha- we have to buy it, then then that's fine. But uh, but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think that this is this is a, this is a solid film, but not great. Uh, I do think that, but there there are good gags in this movie. They wrote some really good jokes in this movie. Uh, it it's got bigger, it plays bigger laughs, but also but um is is worse, much worse from a plot perspective than than Clerks. So all right, oh, go over the top. Wait, go over the last five for everyone. Oh yeah, we're in the final five: Chasing Amy, Clerks, Dogma, Mallrats, and Zach and Mary make a porno. And I would argue if you had a different top five than this, then uh, we have congratulations on being wrong. We have very <laughs> different <laughs> way to go, we Brett. Have, we have very different tastes <laughs> in in movies, just in general. Um, these are these are easily the five. If you could have told me beforehand, hey, just narrow the list to five, I would have picked these five. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I agree. This would have okay. been my five as well. All right, um, which one are you eliminating, Kevin? All right, so. Um... <sighs> So there's definitely one movie that I would like to see win that I don't think will. Um, okay. I hope we're on the same page here. I hope we can work together. There's a set of movies that, well, uh, I think I know the movie that you think I'm going to eliminate, and um, that probably is the one that I'm going to end up eliminating. Oh. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take out Zack and Mary Make a Porno here. That's, uh, my, that's my favorite fair. movie, Kevin Smith movie, I think. Oh, uh, why, why, uh, why eliminate it here? What do you think? Uh, so I think it's just a half step below these as far as um, I feel like most of these, uh, the rest of these as a movie are pretty 
the pacing is good. Um, and they are very Kevin Smith. And so if we're doing a Kevin Smith eliminator, I, I want the movie that wins to be something that I think is really, really his style. But do any of these other movies have Craig Robinson yelling about how he should get black Friday off? I mean, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you should. That's why we should have picked Zach and remake. I just think this movie, uh, the thing about this movie and that this is what I think, I think it does capture the quintessential Kevin Smith movie, which is that this is a kind of gross out sight gag comedy that has a lot of funny parts, but has a lot of heart. And that's very Kevin Smith. That like to to make a movie that like is funny and has uh, gross out gags, but then also has a lot of heart is very funny. And also just everything uh, Jeff Anderson is doing in this movie is just like so funny to me. Anyway. All right. Uh, so the next uh, elimination is probably going to be my favorite movie here. So that's fine. All right. I Eric, like what's yours? I like that movie as well, Nathan. So I'm not a Kevin Smith fan. I know I'm going to make people mad. And these eliminators. To, for the audience, it is kind of fun to eliminate your friends' movies. Uh, not not because you're trying to be you know mean, but you, we all just have like you know slightly different opinions. It makes uh, makes the three of us work well together. Here, I don't want to piss you guys off because I really don't care. But I have to, <laughs> I have to delete, I, I have to delete a movie, and I'm really afraid I'm going to make someone mad. And it sounds like I might make Kevin mad, and I'm so sorry. I'm taking out Dogma. Okay. I'm not... good with that. Oh, thank goodness. I, I, I feel like that is much more polished and that's not what he does best. It's, it's polished. It's, it's got some great, um, it's got some great theological discussion in the movie. I'll just say that it's surprising for Kevin Smith. Alanis Moore said at the end, that was the first time in a movie I've been taken out of a movie and so upset. I was like, you are, you you have outdone yourself in stupidity. This is it's just... 130 minutes. Um, I don't think that it, any Kevin Smith movie should have been over 100 minutes. Yeah, I'll just go ahead and put that on. I'll go ahead and put that on the record. It's also not just, super funny and just uh, just out. Get rid of most of the stuff that doesn't have Matt Damon and Ben Affleck on the screen. Like yeah. that, they, they were easily the best part of this movie. And if that movie was like a little more Affleck Damon centric, even somehow, or like they just edited out some of the other stuff, I probably would like it even better that they are awesome in this movie uh and but yeah the rest of it uh take it take it or leave it i guess um okay uh it's my turn yep mm-hmm. oh i'll get rid of chasing i'll get your chasing amy and let kevin have mall rats win even though i don't like mall rats i and i know that's what's gonna happen uh i'd like chasing amy less and so i'm just gonna <laughs> gonna, gonna eliminate it and uh, let kevin have it so i mean you're 100 right yes uh, <laughs> because i uh, I think I honestly think Clerks is the best the best movie. I could rig it. I guess. I guess I could go back and like uh, delete Mallrats and then see what Kevin picks between Clerks and Chasing Amy. But I don't want to risk it because I really don't want Chasing Amy to win. I think a lot of people say that this is the best, um, the best Kevin Smith movie. But it's like I think this movie is kind of awkward and not not funny. Ooh, are you ready? It's 114 I, minutes. I think it's at least 14 minutes too long. Yeah, I don't think any Kevin Smith movie should be over 100 minutes. <laughs> it, it's it's like um, it lingers on scenes that shouldn't be lingered this, on, and it makes it a little bit neck. I think I think you should watch the. Yeah, as I say, I think rewatching this movie made me feel like I rewatched it pretty recently, and I was like, oh, 
this did not age particularly well and i probably should never have liked this in the first place that's kind of that's 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 how i felt about this that's that's how i felt about this movie is like i was like i used to think this movie was good and what was i talking about like what is jason lee in this movie like this move this guy is a monster like i don't kind of movie that's really deep to 14 year olds uh okay all right um Let's talk about Clerks because Kevin's about to eliminate it, right? We all, yeah, we all know yeah. that. we all know what's happening. Okay, Clerks, Clerks is a punk rock movie. It is I a think... punk rock skate culture like uh, '90s uh, bootleg VHS type of movie, and I enjoy it for that. All right, I want to say why I think this is the best Kevin Smith movie um, because it's really enjoyable and it has like some of like this. It has like this the tone of this movie. With just like the pacing and like the gags in this movie, like when he's arguing about where the his with his girlfriend about the blowjobs and stuff, it's just like <laughs> it's it's a dark comedy that has just this like very real like that like that is the kind of like God, the mundane is too much that this kind of mundane like bullshit that you end up arguing about you know and this like the mundane conversations that you have with the people you work with right that he's having with that Randall and Dante are having in this movie, I just really works for me like the. The f- and the film is also aware of how unlikable Dante and Randall are. Like it just they the movie knows like, hey, these guys kind of suck, <laughs> but like we're gonna lean into it. And then <laughs> my my favorite line in the movie though is when the guy comes into the the store and he's like, my girlfriend sucked thirty seven dicks, and the guy goes in a row. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it just cracks me up. <laughs> I'm just like I'm laughing so hard thinking about the berserker guy and stuff. There's just like a lot of little things in this movie that I find really, really enjoyable. I think this is the best Kevin from Russia. (laughs) He peaked. He peaked very. Kevin Smith peaked very soon for me. (laughs) Peaked with the first, the first feature length film. But uh, Kevin, tell me why Mallrats uh, that he came out with one year later is is better. Let's hear it. All right. So Mallrats number one. um, I feel like Mallrats leans into its own stupidity really well. I. Number two, it has Michael Rooker in it, or as uh, me and Eric affectionately know him as Mistyo. Mistyo. Um, I think that uh, <laughs> Jason Lee is doing a thing in this movie, and the thing he is doing is enjoyable because he's a piece of crap, and you know he's a piece of crap. And I, I just think that like his character's almost lack of an arc is kind of per- perfectly encompassing um, a Kevin Smith character. Like his character has no growth and basks in the fact that he has no growth. Uh, Jeremy London has the minimal amount of growth necessary in order to maybe have some. And I feel like all that's appropriate. So really it just becomes a backdrop for um, a bunch of teens kicking at the mall in the 90s. It might be 90s. the soundtrack certainly gives it that. I mean, if you want got Weezer that closing out the movie. Yeah, if you want to see what the 90s were like, watch rats. <laughs> there's a there's a orangutan in the movie for no reason like straight down to like the way that that the the dudes are like like you you're like man you shouldn't really be yeah i don't know it's it's uh it's weird like just look at the cover of this movie the dvd cover and you, it kind of sums up like maybe why it's got shannon doherty in a in a likable role it's got it's got so many good people in this movie in great roles stanley cameo i don't stanley know cameo of course all right. Well, the, the superhero sex, or, sex organ diatribe is uh, definitely a thing that happened. Yeah, '90s, um, the '90s distilled into a film. That's that's the is. way I would describe this. Um, uh, in all the best and most disappointing ways. 
Yes, exactly. Like, the, and I think for me, the disappointing ways maybe stick out a little bit. That's fair. But... I feel like Clerk somehow manages to drag at times for being a ninety-minute movie, and that's the reason why I put it slightly lower. Marats never drags, even if sometimes I'm embarrassed about the fact that I like a given scene. Yeah. All right. For Kevin, for Eric, we will see you guys next week. Go Hawks.